All right. So why should I stop um, listening to this awesome Prince song and talk with you? Uh, I can't compete with Prince. Go on. No, you can't. See you later. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do you remember the um, Prince song, Seven? Oh, yeah. That's what I was listening to. That's a weird song. Yeah, but I like forgot how good it is. Is that the? Also, is that like the apocalyptic song? Is that the end of the world song? Is that the? I mean, I didn't pay attention to the end, lyrics. Any Catholic much, song? I'll be honest. Me... It's any Catholic? Uh, maybe I'm thinking of I mean, one time seven. Prince. Yeah, no, seven. that's Project eighty six. That's very different. Here's the thing about like artists that are weird. Um, uh, like. Their whole world is their world, and they think it's the most important thing ever, <laughs> because they're used to expressing in art the most the thing that's like important. To them, you know, so like, yeah, that's why you just don't pay attention to it. Well, I think it's more than that. I think real artists, and I think maybe you and me would agree that Prince is a real artist. I think that they see the world in a different. The reason why they become so pretentious is that they probably do see the world in a different way, and. Um, maybe they don't even know what they're writing about, right? Like that's the that's one of the insights from Aristotle in his Poetics. He talks about um, – was it Aristotle? I think it was Aristotle's Poetics where he talks about the poet and the philosopher are similar because they both speak of universal things. But the problem is the poet doesn't really know why he spe- – or how he comes about to speak of them, whereas the philosopher does. Yeah, I think. Mm, wait, what do you mean? Is what do you mean by that? Well, like they, they, one, they see the world in a different way, but they're not using normal. They're using lyrics and music and paint and all this stuff to tell the truth, right, about the world that they see. So they use symbols to tell the truth, right? Yeah. And yeah. sometimes those symbols are nonsense, like uh, Bush's machine head. I got a machine head yeah. better than the rest. Green to red, got a machine head. He just thought that sounded classic. Cool. Right, he's like, it yeah. doesn't mean anything. Yeah. it literally doesn't mean anything. I just like the way the words go together, and you're like, ah, okay. But then you have Christian artists or other people like them. I'll never forget this guy. I probably said this two or three times in the show, like way back in the past. But this dude in high school was like, "Do you like Christian?" He was the only Christian that worked at the same place I worked, and he said, um, "He goes, are you into Christian music?" I said, "I can't get into it." And he goes, "Yeah, it's a lyrically j- driven genre, and the j- lyrics all sound the same." And I was like, yeah, like, it's like you have to say the nice thing, the right thing. The If you say the word love, we're gumming up with above. That's going to be rhymed with it. It happens ten times out of ten. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so, uh, and the word again with the word sin. Um, but the idea of, of the artist, like a true artist, sees through images, not necessarily through words. And, and even when they write down the words, it's often an imaginary, imaginistic language. But then, what's the difference? So, but like, why is that not as good as the philosopher? Like, 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 how? Like, no, no, not, it's not, not that good, it's not as like, good. It's that the philosopher can tell you why, like, can explain. Like, you know, sometimes oh. when you sit down with her, like, man, it just mean it's it's one reason why uh, the lyrics of a song can mean different things to different people, and the creator of that can say you're all right, you know, like you're right and you're right and you're right. Like, he can see how people can take. What he intended and how it kind of becomes their own. Whereas for the philosopher, yeah. there's a saying. logical pathway, right? So when you're playing with images versus when you're playing with logic, you end up kind of walking down two different paths. Mm-hmm. Oh, somehow we activated Siri. <laughs> All right. Oh, I actually had ideas for the show and I can't remember. And I was like, write them down, <laughs> old man. Write them down. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've got like some um, – man, I <laughs> – 
I'm in, I am intellectually dead. I am cognitively uh, spent would be the wrong word, just exhausted. New jobs. I think like whenever you start a, a new job, it's just no matter what. It's just because your, your brain is constantly. I, I, in a weird way, it reminds me of the beginning of the pandemic. I say the first six months. Where do you remember we all had such good intentions and we're like, wait, I'm exhausted all all the time, and and people are saying, yeah, it's because your brain is trying to cope with like a constant emergency, yeah, yeah. and that's exhausting. It's kind of what a new job is because it's just I was I was thinking about this today while I was trying to determine. So I'm in this um, my office is in a part of the building that really hasn't changed in the past. I would say probably I'm fifty to sixty years. I mean, as old as a building is, let me put it that way. So I would say I'm a fifty year old school. So yeah, let's go with that that long and um, it. Uh, Having to figure out how to turn on the lights has one of those old things which you have where you have like a tiny it looks like a not even a key I forget I don't even know what you call it <laughs> but it has like a straight end on on um like one end and then on the other end it's almost like a pitchfork but it's only two things and you and you put it in this thing and it turns off the lights and it hmm. turns on the lights it's a way to, I guess, get kids to not turn the lights or get, you know, other other people besides people who have the keys to turn the lights on. Oh, yeah, off. I know what you're talking about. Okay. And so I was like, crap, I haven't had to deal with one because I've just been in, you know, adult world for a very long time where that's not a problem. And so I was like, I don't know how to or I haven't been. I was like, I don't know how to do this. I mean, I kind of do, but I, I like, you know, kind of, I had to spend like half a minute trying to understand, okay, this, this is Everything how it works. Is new. Everything is new. And, yeah. And it's not a big deal, but it's just like do that, you know, 20 times a day. On top of you know things that are like much more complicated and much more important, it's like woo. Yeah. yeah, you know the the, the reason why humans. I love that book. Um, oh man, it was the Habit book. I can't remember. Uh, atomic Habits. No, atomic it wasn't Atomic Habits. habits. It was it was triggered, triggered, and it, it had nothing to do All with right. what we think of now today as triggered. But um, it the whole oh, okay. point was like. Getting like it was like stimulus and response, and what the stimulus is is the trigger. And the guy was talking about how rats in a maze, when you run them through the same maze and they recognize it's the same, almost like it's like eighty percent of their brain shuts down, and it's just their I think hippocampus. That's where habits are formed. That's the only thing going. So you want to have habits because it causes your brain to use less energy, right? But if you take that same rat and you plop them into a new maze the whole brain lights up because it's trying to figure out like everything is new and new can be scary. Right. And so, but the idea is once he does it like eight times and he realizes there's no danger, boom, it goes right back to the hippocampus. And he said, human beings are very much like that. This is why when you're driving a buddy home and they live near your house, you always drive past their exit because you're on autopilot for a little bit, right? It, it enables you to have conversations and tune the radio and look at the cars around you. But it also is like, oh, my gosh, I was supposed to take that left, and I didn't even think about that. Or like that one time when I was talking on the phone with you, and I went right by the exit to the hospital to take my wife to get our first baby delivered. Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah, listen, who's more important? Yeah, no, I, I demonstrated that. Who was there first? Um it's, I'm in your uh, uh, medulla oblongata. <laughs> medulla oblongata. <laughs> the medulla oblongata. Mama the medulla oblongata. <laughs> You're wrong, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> With the best part of that movie, the absolute best part, is when the guy throws the baseball out of the window and the Colonel Sanders guy is um, walking and he hits him and goes, and falls over like that. <laughs> I can't wait to put that into the show notes. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
It falls over like that. Girl, girl. Hello, my dear, dear friends. This is Luke again, and I'm here to talk to you about stereo. We've been having such a freaking good time on stereo. We were going to be honest, a little bit nervous at first, and it's going really well. As you all have heard, ad nausea, we do a little after party every um, um, like Sunday night, two day later after party, which you know is going to be good. It's always me and Gomer, except for when I had um, COVID. Then it was Kate and um, Gomer. Thank you, Kate, for stepping in while I was dying. Um, we're having a really good time doing that. Every like Sunday night, we it is that 10 p.m. Easter time. I apologize that it is that late. Blaine Gomer. Uh, we have a really great chat, and you have a chance to actually ask ask us questions live while while we talk. It's a really good time. We've had some new people coming uh, coming like find the show. We've had some people. I don't know. They're even like having um, conversions because of that, but they're they are um, they are uh, starting to understand like what we're about and what the Catholic Church is about. It's we're having a blast. So every like Sunday. Um, Till the end of this month, 10 p.m., we're, we may even keep this going. We're really in enjoying being on this. Come hang out with us on on the Stereo app. You can actually um, download the app and like. So we are at stereo.com slash Luke Carey, L-U-K-E-C-A-R-E-Y. That is, that is, um, that is, slow down, control your flow, Luke, stereo.com slash Luke Carey. And of course, also we have, uh, we have stereo.com slash Gomer. Please come and hang out with us. It's fun. Every Sunday night, 10 p.m. Every um, Sunday night, 10 p.m. Come hang out at the Catching Foxes after party on stereo. Yeah, I've had, I've had a pretty rough last few days, uh, You've been sick. Been sick. We've had some issues with our with our kiddos. Had some issues at work, oh. and then um, I got horribly sunburned when I decided I'm going to be a good boss and take my team out to lunch because we just finished the most difficult year of confirmation ever. We had the last class on Wednesday, so on Thursday I took them out to lunch, and we were out there. You have such frail skin. I know. I'm so I'm such an albino. And uh, we were out there and we were talking and we were having such a great conversation just about life and all this different stuff and maybe some plans that I got totally toasty. And then uh, the other staff member who wasn't going to be there, she showed up late. So then we ended up staying there for another hour. And I'm in the frickin' sun of Houston, Texas, baking from 1130 to 2 p.m. That is a long time. It's like the worst time time of day. Why didn't you move? It was such an enjoyable conversation. It's one of those things where you don't feel (laughs) yourself getting burned. And until at like 1.30, one of my coworkers goes, Mike, you've been in the sun this whole time. I think you're getting a little burned. And then I came out, and I'm like, I'm a lobster. <laughs> Jordan Peterson loves me. <laughs> Stand up straight. Uh, yeah, so I, I went to my kid's baseball practice and, like, hid in the shadows the whole time. And then I get in my car, and I go, and I said to Shannon, I go, honey, I don't know what to do. And she goes, what's wrong? And I was like, my ear is killing me. My ear is killing me. And she goes, well, go to the doctor. And I'm like, where can I go right now? And she goes, they got the minute urgent clinics. Urgent care. I, well, she fact, goes, yeah. they got those minute clinics. And I go, is that like urgent care? And she goes, yeah, but it's not as expensive. They take your insurance. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she goes, yeah, just go to this one. So I fly over there. I go to the wrong place. Fly over to the next one. <laughs> I walk in. I'm the only one there. They see me in the late. Too busy on the phone with Luke again. Yeah. <laughs> Blew right by the exit. You know, and uh, medulla oblongata. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then I finally get in there, and the late and there's no weight or anything. And I go in, and the lady, I was like, I don't know if I have an ear infection or something. It's really hurting me. Um, it's like pressure that's getting like more. And she goes, Well, let's see it here. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of earwax. And I was like, Oh, 
okay. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> yep. And she shoves a vacuum in my ear and shoots all this up. And she goes, yeah, this isn't going to work. You need medicine. So oh, poor now Gomer. I'm, now I'm in pain, have a wet ear, and I have medicine that I have to put in my ear. So uh, poor little girl. And then five minutes, not kidding, five minutes after that, I had to go give a talk on Sola Scriptura. And how stupid it is. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. I'm impatient. I got. Oh, when you told me about how uh, you uh, were like hiding in the shadows, like during yeah. your kids' um, baseball thing or like whatever, I just had this image and 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 being very very quiet and just like I'm here and I'm watching and, and I put a <laughs> ski cap on my uh, or a beanie on my head. Somehow, it just uh, makes you like really weird. <laughs> oh, what are we gonna talk about? Do you have any idea? I'm lost. No, so you know I work in marriage ministry, right? Like I've I heard about it once ministry, or twice, once or twice of me going on and on. Uh, I, I was sitting down with uh, the person who actually runs it for me, and we were having a conversation, and she was telling me about the nature of the bridezilla. <laughs> Sorry, I was watching the video, and I couldn't help but laugh when I saw it. <laughs> that was so funny. It just goes. <laughs> I tried to keep quiet, but it's so great. Did you watch the video? <laughs> I tried. I was just trying to make sure. He's the bird. Okay, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> what does he yell? It's honestly one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> Guest, uh, guest host. That's what it is now. Okay, yes, I'm, yeah, so the um, Bridezilla, I've never seen it in the action. I've never seen it in the wild, but it's pretty epic, some of the stories that you hear about that. Mm-hmm. Nothing like two white guys talking about Bridezillas. Okay, well, let me let me share with you what it looks like on our end, on the faith formation side, okay? And this is, that's true, yeah, we're fine. But this is de- – yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh, this is dealing with the emotional roller coaster that is people preparing for marriage. Let me just say this. When you get married in a Catholic church, the idea is you understand you are getting married in a Catholic church. <laughs> that needs to be a fundamental understanding that you're in a – at the very least, a sacred space reserved for spiritual things. Yes. Right? Like that needs to be – it is not at all – and this is what I think one of the many things wrong with America today is the corporatization of weddings and how it's an entire industry that is insane and it makes people insane. It's like we're on a crazy train. Oh, you just got engaged? Hop on the crazy train with us where your every wish needs to enslave large groups of people that formerly were your friends. Now they want to murder you because of your bachelor or bachelorette party. They want to murder you because of the dresses, the amount of money you're making them spend on dresses, and they're going to want to murder you based on – well, and the people, the, the kindly folks at the church are going to want to murder you because you don't do anything sacramental in the slightest. Um, tell me about that one text that the one a attractive woman sent to you. Okay, so I'm trying to avoid specifics. Oh, yeah, sorry. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I thought it'd be funny to, to put it that, that No, no, way. no. But this, she, and that's fair. She, that's fair. in her talking about it, 
uh, literally, so what Luke is referencing is someone sent my wife a text message who sent it to me who I immediately sent it to Luke and all of her friends. But the idea was that, that she, my personal life had this thing, and then in my professional life I had this thing. I had a coworker who basically got um, – just got bamboozled by a couple – who refuses to do anything and then blames you for everything, right? Like they ghost you for months and then all of a sudden they're there demanding, right? So the the thing is we are treating the sacrament of matrimony, which is, Luke, one of just seven in the church. You don't you – know, there's not tons of sacraments that we got here. And it's one of the few things that I don't like that's a rarity. Like, you know, you probably only have one throughout your entire lifetime, if that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea of this is it's a pretty big freaking deal to 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 be respectful of the journey. Instead, the corporatization of the bridal universe is this is her day, this is her day, this is her this is my event, this is my day, this is my thing. And I have heard because I'm now doing faith formation, uh, marriage preparation, I have heard Luke bone chilling stories from from maids of honor, matrons of honor. Um, in-laws, you know, all this stuff of horror stories about the attitudes of the couple and how, like, anti-common sense they are, right? Anti-common sense. Uninviting people because they won't spend three, four, five hundred dollars on a bridesmaid dress that they'll never wear again. You know, like, stuff like, stuff like that that really ticks me off. Now, you had a very simple wedding, but you mm-hmm. had a great wedding. We all had fun. It Everyone was great. looked yeah. nice. Yeah. You know, and what's really funny too, I don't remember how um, simple it was. So I see um, some of the pictures, and I'm like, ah, "That school cafeteria wasn't very wasn't lit very well." You know, like <laughs> it just can like, and then it's like, "Oh, that's." What, but then it's like, you know what? But like, in the moment, it was awesome. And what I remember is our whatever. I'm exhausted. The moments, yeah. What? Yeah. Well, that's what I remember. You remembered. See, this is the thing that you need to understand about the wedding. Number one, it's about the marriage. It's not about the wedding. It's about the marriage. It's about your freaking life that you are going to live with another person. The last thing you want to do is plummet your family that you are now creating and have to live with in tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, your wedding dress. Important. You'll wear it once. It's important. I'm not denying it's not important. Spend a few hundred bucks on it. A few thousand bucks, you should get a croquet mallet to the side of your head. That's that is Aaron the problem. Did too. Aaron spent a $500 and found she found a used one that was absolutely perfect. And it was my my, my friend, totally my perfect. best friend Chris Miller, his wife mm. found a wedding dress. La 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 la. la. <laughs> he listens every week now. Uh, oh good. I I I listen, the few times I've been I've I mean I've hung out with Chris for long periods of time such as at your wedding anytime he came on um campus and anytime that we did that I always enjoyed hanging out with him. So, hi Chris. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Little high strung. No, I'm just kidding. He's going to hate us because of the Harry Potter thing. <laughs> There's so many other reasons to hate Luke. Um, but his wife, as I we found out this week, by the way. What? What are you talking about? Oh, this week we. Uh, I don't want to. I don't. Oh, talk. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, there was another thing that I, that I didn't tell you about either. Oh. <laughs> that oh. was fun. Oh, it was just another. I'm a random person. Was it on Twitter too? No, this was a a, a, a Facebook message. I was like, I think you got this. Completely wrong, and then he was like, "Oh, I did. I'm sorry." And it, and it was good. It, oh, it was like beautiful. a good re- resolution. But it was just like, is everyone angry at us? Yes, I thought it was is. a good episode. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah, no, it was an awesome episode. Um, That's what the downloads say. Your wedding, Chris's wedding. Excuse me, Chris's wedding 
his wife found uh, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure if I remember it correctly, it's only been 20 years, but they found a wedding dress online, like on eBay. And, you know, there is a lot of divorced women who are looking to quickly offload their gorgeous $10,000 wedding dresses for 50 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever it might be. Guys, you have to realize it's not about spending 10 grand on a honeymoon. It's not about having a destination wedding. Those are stupid. And the people that are the most important to you, most of them can't go. Don't you want to have a celebration that your great aunt and uncle that maybe you went to Thanksgiving three times with growing up, that they could be there? Don't you want a wedding where your college friends that were there when you two met can come? Don't you want a wedding where people who are meaningful in your life can actually afford to go to the wedding, to give you a gift, and to get drunk at your reception. Isn't that a <laughs> That's beautiful all we ask. gift? <laughs> and sometimes we're probably going to forget the gift. <laughs> oh, God, I've forgotten the gift at every wedding. Four out of every five times. How many gifts? Yeah. I don't, how out many of the dozen you, weddings when, I went to since college, I probably When you were have, single. Yeah. When you were single. I probably so gave three or four gifts. It was only when anyone would do it together that I would remember to do it. <laughs> That's when I would do it. <laughs> Well, man, it's well not, played. It's, 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 it's me. It's not you guys. Yeah, you guys deserve this pan. <laughs> but I forgot <laughs> to give you this pan that you put on your registry so nice. I had it in the cart online, and then I got distracted. <laughs> it's just like. Then know, I went so to Target when, I, when the plane landed. I went right to Target, and then I saw the frames, and I, for, I forgot <laughs> what I was doing. I walked out with a new collared shirt, uh, a, 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 a novel about being woke, and uh, some frames. <laughs> all Do you remember the one time when you were like, Luke, you should really get this um, kind of soap. It's really good. And I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. And I got it. And I came back. And then you went, hey, I'm out of soap. Can I use some of yours? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. What was that for? Was that, what was that we for? were at uh, Gisaldi's wedding, I, I think. And we went to Target because I didn't – I. Uh, was coming from St. Croix or something. I just didn't have anything in me. I don't remember why. And, and I you were like, hey, you. you know what? Soap is good. You should get this guy. It was, it was like a cheap kind. It wasn't a, a very expensive. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. That's, that's a good idea. Thanks. That was and weird. Then, but, you know, and I came back and you're like, hey, um, I'm out of soap. Can I use yours? <laughs> and I was like, you son of a gun. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't, I didn't uh, uh, um, curse her. That was really effing weird. <laughs> because your love for me is that beautiful. Okay. So back it up to Bridezilla stories. And I don't just mean Bridezilla. There are plenty of groomzillas. There are mother-in-law zillas or future mother, you know, mother zillas. I think that's the, that's the thing that I've probably encountered the most has yes. been in-laws. And now that's not to say that my in-laws were tough. They're fantastic. Yeah. And they were awesome. Yeah, mine, mine as well. So My, my father-in-law gave us uh, one stipulation, I think, for the wedding. He said, uh, no foul music. If you want that stuff for your reception, I won't pay a dime. And we're like, who cares? I'm going to play me without you. <laughs> Alienate <laughs> everyone on the dance floor. Which is funny because it's Shannon who, would like the, who likes the rap the most. I know. She is, she is two parts gangsta. We used to call her Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. So if you're a young adult and you're listening to this. It, number one, it is all about the Benjamins, keeping them and not wasting them on stupid stuff. Luke's reception for his wedding it was wonderful. Was in a what middle school cafeteria that yeah, was, it was connected in a Catholic to the school of oh, cafeteria. Yeah. yeah, so we were at the church, yeah. and then we walked across the parking lot into the cafeteria, and they like pushed the cafeteria tables out of the way. Right, they set up some cool lights around the DJ, and then everyone sat at nice table, you know, tables with nice tablecloths. Great. 
And then it was great. Uh, I'm trying yeah. to remember what else. We, and there was there was plenty of beer. There's too much beer, actually. There was, and there's no such thing. And there was, yeah. uh, we it's all had fun. Uh, Luke's uh, Luke's uh, best man did an amazing, the greatest Brian, best man toast, toast of all time. Yeah, I have to say, part of it was Emily's idea. She will freak out if I don't say it, but Brian really nailed the uh, delivery, which is half the battle. Yes, but they did. Luke's best man toast was a drinking game, and you had to drink every time he said something that you agreed with in a statement about Luke. Apparently, and I was, walk loud. Yeah, <laughs> and then when like I've been telling you that goes, ever since we Luke doesn't come clean his glasses, and Brittany Brown goes yes, like that really loud. <laughs> like she was so mad, or no, she was so uh, mad that I did that, yet relieved that someone had acknowledged it. <laughs> so funny. Thank you, thank you. Like, I just forget to clean them a lot. It's like yeah, crying. No, I'm, I'm literally the same way. Yeah. Oh, I wonder why, Luke. Why did we both? Do <laughs> why did we this? do this? Uh, it's almost like we need medication to help us to do executive things. <laughs> uh, but and then your desserts. Sweet, do you remember the desserts? I remember your desserts. Uh not were they cupcakes? You had like store bought cheesecake slices, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, and you just had them out, and you could come and get whatever you wanted. Right, it was the most informal. I think we did. I can't remember if we had a wedding cake or I think like we had a tiny wedding. I think cake. you two had something, or maybe yeah, that, we went, but we did. And so here's a little bit of a backstory. We yeah. actually put a deposit down on a pretty cool on a pretty cool space, but it was like five grand, and we're like, wow, we're, we're spending all this money on this. And we said, well, we can we can um, get to school for X amount of dollars. Because Erin was working at the parish at, at that time. Uh, she had, like, two jobs. One, she was working as a nanny, and, and her other job was at the parish. And uh, they were like, hey, if you just want to do it here, it's, like, 800 bucks or something. And so for us to, like, lose lose our deposit and then also um, get that space, we still saved, like, f- like $3,000 or something like that. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, and it just – and that was things we were able to use uh, – just for other things that were, you know, like for the honeymoon and for other stuff that was just more fun. And just, you know, we um, really, yeah, it was, and I, I like, I, I will be very honest. That was an auntie and Uncle Wade idea. Specifically, I think it was Wade. He, like, he had said, like, just have it at, like, a friend's house. And I was like, mm, I kind of want to dance floor. Uh, which is really, and, and I think Aaron um, did too. But I really liked it. His whole thing was like, it's about just, like, it's more fun when it's more intimate. Today's episode of Catching Foxes is sponsored by Choose Life. What is Choose Life besides a catchy name? Well, it is a mama-owned company, and their mission is to grow devotion to the rosary. So, you know, try to try to hit on that. You can't. If you, if you do, you need to go to confession. They um, have, like, silicone rosaries for, you know, tiny, tiny babies. They've got gemstone on the rosary bracelets for women, and they have simple on the wooden rosary bracelets for men. This is a really cool company, and I really encourage you to go and um, find their stuff because here's the thing. I've got an eight-month-old kid who's absolutely adorable, except she loves to bite on my hand. But uh, there's only so much hand biting I can take before she breaks the skin and I start to bleed. So a much better alternative is when she is able to chew on these beautiful silicon on the rosaries that our very good friends bought for us for, for her. And she loves it, and she looks so holy doing it because she's going to be a saint, and she's going to join a convent because I can't handle the thought of her dating. 
I'm actually going to go and check out, I don't want to say real rosaries, but other rosaries that they have that you probably should not chew, I'd guess. But they design all of their rosaries so that it can be possible for every single person to pray the rosary each day, regardless of how young they may be or how busy their lives are. Try to make the rosary even a small part of your life. So they've already introduced their spring line, and they have a lot of amazing products on their website, which is at www.choosefelife.com. Get it? www.chewslife.com. You get it? So, as always, use the code cat, um, Catching Foxes 10 for, and if you've ever heard a podcast before, this is going to blow your mind 10% off of your purchase. Again, if you were to um, use the code Catching Foxes 10 at chooselife.com, you can get 10% off of your purchase. Again, that's 10% off of a purchase at chooselife.com with the code Catching Foxes 10. This really is a product that I will 100% stand behind and would not be opposed if they were to almost send me all of. Of the free stuff, or perhaps I should just go and be a good person and go and I'm gonna use the code. I'm the Catching Foxes ten to get ten percent off of my purchase, and I hope you do the same. Thank you to Choose Life for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Yeah, and that's the thing that people don't understand. And this is the thing. This is I really believe this is escalating. I mean, it's always been a part of the industry and blah blah blah, but it's getting worse because of social media and people looking for the posts. Right to have the cute post, so they set up those they set up photo booths for your insta, right, and you know you're holding signs, you're doing all that stuff that's fine, that's fine, that's cute, that's fun, mm-hmm. but the idea of trying to have something so picture picturesque it, it's the same problem with texting people while you're sitting in front of your best friend or your girlfriend or your you know spouse it's like you're saying to them the person. On the other end of this phone means more to me than the person right across the seat from me. Yeah, right. Yes, that's the that's thing what that being I really on your phone like. Yeah, yeah. But but like having a wedding so or a bachelorette party or a bachelor party so that it is picturesque and it's my day, it's my turn, it's my time. Like that is the worst attitude. That is like if you are getting married, if you're engaged, the worst attitude to have is it's all about me. Your attitude needs to be how can we how, how can I bring in as many people as possible to celebrate this sacrament together, right? Instead yeah. of being like yeah. I'm I'm the queen, I'm the king, you know, it's like you're gonna piss. This is the thing that people don't understand. You're gonna piss everyone off, and they're gonna remember your wedding day with the world's hardest eye roll. Oh my gosh! Do you remember when she did blah blah blah? Oh my gosh! You remember when you know the mom you know barked. So at you're the responsible for their gossip. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> no, but I I think it's um and okay. So I'm I'm not gonna push back. I'm just gonna add a little bit of Please. a Luke caveat here. Yes, you're right. However, I do think there is a thing of like, well, this is kind of your day. This, this is a special thing for you, and I do think it's okay. I think. What we did that was so cool that this wasn't intentional. Well, no, it kind of was because I think we were just old enough that we had been to our fair share of weddings that we knew what we wanted. And so we wanted to do – we wanted people to enjoy what we enjoyed. And so for Erin, that was – she wanted fun music the whole time. There was going to be none of the slow – it was going to be jam after jam after jam after jam after jam. And it was until the very end when her when her um, um, stepmom asked for a slow song. And we were like, that's fair. You guys did help I'll pay for all this. And so, um, <laughs> you know, and um, 
and I think I wanted to have. I'm trying to remember, like, what did I want that we did? I don't remember. I think I wanted like good beer that was, and our friend um Devin paid for the beer, which was like a great gift from him. And yeah, it's awesome. Um, I don't remember what else I wanted, and so I'm doing. Oh, I think I wanted to go do karaoke during the bachelor party with like both parties. Remember that was fun at Adams when we kind of all uh, we all, all joined up, and so that was awesome. And it was more of an extension of like. We want you guys to enjoy the things that we love as like we celebrate yeah. this amazing yeah. sacrament. That's you know? great. That's yeah. great. What I mean is where it is all about you. Yeah. You're not and, allowed and there's to a talk. Difference. Yeah. You're yeah. not allowed to talk. You're yep. distracting people from looking at me. This is my day. You're not allowed to like so many people do that. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, obviously we are all here to honor you, to celebrate you, to be with you. Like that's why we decided to pay a plane ticket and a hotel and a yeah, rental car that's true. and a rental yeah. tux. Like we're here for you, but you seem to be here only for you. It's almost like it's permission to be a selfish brat instead of like what you were saying. Like I want my the experience of my wedding to be a participation in the people I love the most and the things I also enjoy. So the wedding has to be you, right? It has to have your flavor, your taste, um, your your. Um, yeah, like your stamp, the stamp of your personality on your it. brand, if if you will, your brand. You got to have it branded. You got to have a logo. You got to have a cute name like Brangelina. You got to have a hashtag, right? <laughs> oh like, man, I I think I brought this up, but I had the best hat hashtag, and Aaron shot it down. What was it? Um, Carry hashtag sorry, Megan. Oh, for Megan for the uh, Megan McCain. <laughs> <laughs> she was not a fan, and I was like, man, it's pretty funny. That is she pretty was, funny. Yeah, I, was, I still to this day I'm like that. I was I like I think Sarah uh, Nickel came up with "Carry Me Home uh, Tonight," which yeah. is still like a really good hashtag. That is good. But my 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 point is the frustration is it's like like people are killing. Like, who invented wedding rings should cost X amount of month salary? Yeah, yeah, that is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be stupid unless you're rich. If you're rich and it's a fraction of a percent of your annual income, go for it. Right. If you ain't rich and you're going into credit card debt to pay for a really nice wedding ring, you are effing your marriage up for the sake of your family, for the sake or excuse me, for the sake of the wedding day. Don't do that. Don't let the day ruin the marriage. Well, and I think also like wanting to view your. Okay, me and Aaron also got to some crazy fights that week. So I don't want to be clear. Like, it's not perfect by any means, sister. I mean, Aaron, I'm like kind of had a little bit of a not a mental breakdown, but like. Reached a stress point when it came yeah. to picking out the song for us to dance to, mm. and I was like, "Fine, we'll go with Ben Folds the Luckiest because I just like that song." And there's um, nothing that I could. And she just, and then there were some issues with the photographer. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, and we had to like let the photographer go at the last minute. Oh, that's right. I remember. Like, that I don't stress. remember why. I I, can't, uh... I remember kind of being like, "Well, if it was up to me, I would probably just let it go because the stress isn't to me isn't equal to." what we're doing but i understood why aaron was upset i was like if you really want to do this if it's gonna yeah. make you happy i mean i remember her and her bridesmaids were like were like pissed about the whole thing they were mad yeah at the photographer i was like well we'll just let this go then <laughs> so like <laughs> i'm not gonna try to fight this fight because i know i'm you're too strong i'm texting women who have opinions and i'm just a weak ohio suburban boy <laughs> <laughs> i'm from dayton i'm no match yeah. for the fact that you were born with shotguns <laughs> yeah seriously yeah. What if, uh, if looking back? So for those of you who maybe jumped on board 50, 60 episodes ago, if you go back, uh, I think it's out of the single digits, but it's not too early oh, yeah. in the double digits. It's Luke's wedding where yeah. we got the uh, the four of us, the four friends that oh, we the all guys who friends, are in the WhatsApp group, the guys who are in our WhatsApp group. 
uh, Luke and, and me and two other guys, John and Adam, and we tell the story uh, of, 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 like, we give our advice, but we're in the hotel room with, like, four 24-packs of beer, <laughs> and we're just <laughs> drinking and talking and all this yeah. stuff, and we drank like eight beers. <laughs> we, we were had, such old men. <laughs> we had uh, college appetites. Well, okay, sorry. Well, in our heads when we bought the yeah. beer, yeah. there was college appetite with old man money. So it's like we spent like almost $400 on booze. Yeah, we did. For like four of us. On like booze you take, not like at a bar, like booze you take home with you. Yeah, at a grocery <laughs> you know, store. Yeah, at a grocery store. I, mean, I remember we're sitting there. We have like, we have like, oh gosh, what was it? It was, um, it wasn't uh, Yingling. Dale's Pale Ale. Yeah, and then I was like, no, I can't be in a place that has Yingling and not get Yingling. So instead of buying a Sixer, I get like a 24-pack, and we're (laughs) all carrying 24-packs. They're like, what party are you going to? We're like, we're just going back to our hotel room (laughs) to drink quietly and record a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny, too, about the podcast is (laughs) I was shocked. So I went back and I looked at all of our episodes. Like. I, yeah. Sorry, I was going back to an older episode. I don't know why. Probably, like, I'm get the link or something. And I was shocked at how early that episode was in our run because you and I had such confidence about that. Yeah. yeah like, at, like, such undue. Like, we have now probably, I'm, I'm, like, not kidding, almost 30 times the experience that we had then. <laughs> and we're like, oh, we're gonna, this will be great, guys. It'll be great. And poor Adam and John were like, okay, I'll just, like, we'll try. <laughs> you know? And yeah. we're just like, episode be 14, great. pictures yeah, 14. <laughs> and I, I'm not kidding. What is that, like three months worth of podcast? I'm sure. I mean, we skipped like four or five weeks here and there <laughs> no, because it's us. Um, September 15th, 2015. Yeah, because I got married on the 5th. So it was a, so I need to go back. And, you, like, edited. You added little things, like, I of your voice in there. Lord of the yeah. Rings. Uh, yeah. Epic music in the background. <laughs> Friends formed through fire. Like something like that. <laughs> I, I was like, about what that? the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, gosh. We were so young. We were so young and naive. We're probably 15. It's really one of the. Yeah, it's the crazy thing back. That's, you know, that was five and a half years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to believe that. This will probably alienate you as a listener if you don't know us. If you didn't know us back <laughs> we at Franciscan University that. of Stupid. Yeah. But we hope the addition of the Lord of the Rings style narration helps you follow along the epic. You were nervous. Yeah, it's you were the fellowship of the wedding ring or something. You were nervous <laughs> about it. Do you I remember? Was. You were like, I need to find a way because it's so much about us. Yeah. And I think at that time, because <laughs> it was when we started to realize, oh, we actually, because we only have like, what, three to 500 people we think who were listening. Yeah. But to us, that was such a big deal because we thought it would be, like, in the dozens. And it was kind of like, oh, we're building up, like, people are actually paying attention to this that we don't know. Yeah. That's, that, I think that's what was going on. Was we were getting people that we didn't really know. And so there was this thing of, like, hey, this is kind of, like, not taking off per se, but, like, this is kind of a thing. <laughs> People who don't know us are actually listening. Why? I, don't think, I think we'd already started the Aunt D thing. Yeah. And at one point in time, someone someone um, talked about the podcast, and everyone goes, Aunt D! And she, like, stood up and, like, held up her drink and something like that, or, like, <laughs> put it up in the air and drank. And then when um, Brian said, have you, Luke, have you heard Luke go on and on and on without making a point? Yep. Yeah, you stood tough. up and drank and yeah. locked eyes with me and didn't stop until it was gone. Yeah, when Brian, when, uh, what's her name? Um, Emily, your sister and Brian's wife, came up to me and said, you're going to want to get another cup of beer before this starts. 
So I had just got a full one. I go, I just got a full one. She goes, get another one. So I go and get another one. And he has all these. It was funny. It was like a roast of you, which was awesome, yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah. we're going through. And they're so funny. And we're all, you know, take a sip here, take a sip there. And then he says, uh, and so I had probably half a beer plus a whole new beer. And he goes, and how many of y'all have ever listened to Catching Foxes? And Luke starts talking, and you're just like, make the freaking point. <laughs> and that's when I stood up, and the whole place starts laughing. And then they all look at me, and I chug the one, and then I pick up the second that's one, and right. I finish the whole thing. <laughs> and right. I, but I'm not like just smiling. looking I'm right just at me. staring at you. <laughs> People, we should be invited to all of your weddings. Yeah, do you, I hear, don't this? Do you hear this conversation? This happened six years ago, <laughs> and we are still laughing about it. That's the kind of wedding you need to have where yeah, love, joy, agree. and celebration, not Instagram likes, are the number one goal yeah. for your wedding. And it's fun, too, because everyone becomes friends. Like, you guys are all hanging out. Uh, oh, my buddy, I'm Rick. And, like, Nick was there. You all, like, really embraced, you all really embraced Brian. Like, yeah. I think he, he really felt like, oh, my gosh, like, these are people that I love hanging out with. Like, Can I tell just, you why I hated Brian? Can I tell you a little bit why I hated Brian at first? Why did you hate Brian? Because we went on those indoor go-karts oh and he kicked everyone's ass he killed us all except for fazzy he killed us all no and, and for... wade and wade wade was like it was a wade brian and adam which is kind of funny those are the guys who that is funny the the two most type a people or the three most type a people <laughs> yeah but he killed and i was like the guy he's such a jerk and then he came up and he's like comber you were doing so good and i was like you shut up but i was like oh gosh he's actually affirming me dang it he's, being nice, not, he's not being ironic <laughs> i know he's such a good dude he's uh, such a nice guy there's a video of us I won't put it in the other show notes because I have to upload it on YouTube, but it's so funny. We're in the elevator after the bachelor party going, like, doing the Bane voice. <laughs> like, watch the keys! Our Bane voice immediately becomes Sean Connery from the movie Finding yeah. Forrester. You're the man now, dog! <laughs> You're the man now, dog! Oh, it looks like success has defeated you! <laughs> Book ears! <laughs> Whatever, yeah. Um, no, and I, um... Oh, man. There's a real lack of communal events. Just, I think you'd be surprised at how, when you take that approach, how nice it is. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I understand. I actually kind of do understand some because some people, like truly, and this is the thing that I think is hard for us to understand. Some people don't want attention, like yes. at all, or actually yes. very uncomfortable with it. It gives them the kind of anxiety that we get when we're in a, when we're in a silent room, <laughs> and. So they'll want to go and um, I don't know if like elope is the right word, but like, yeah, just go, hey, we want to do a thing like and I understand that, you know, and so I I do want to like add just like there's not one way to have a wedding. I think it's all about the uh, like the approach where ultimately it's not necessarily about you. It's about you and this thing. And when that is rightly ordered, it's pretty cool. It's awesome. It's yeah. like a good birthday party. Can you imagine yeah, if you're having yeah. a birthday party and people are having fun, having a conversation at your table, and you just go, hey, hey, you over there, you talk to me, or you don't talk to anyone. You're taking the attention off of me. Like, we got to stop this attitude. And, I, you know, I mean, I, I have personal stuff where it just people's – people allow the pomp to not just wreck their budgets – but they allow the influence of others, like irrationally, because everyone comes to a wedding with a different set of baggage, right, Luke? Like, mm-hmm. n- and not just yep. baggage, but like cultural expectations, 
like, you know, I got married in the Midwest. My parents are from Philly, but I was raised in the South. Those are three clearly culturally different places that view weddings differently. And it's so important that you have clear communication going into it. Clear communication going into it. Because if everyone's on a different page, that's where you're going to start the, the resentment, the bitterness, the backbiting, the gossip, and then the explosion on the day of. Because here's the deal. You're going to be stressed. You're going to be anxious. And you're going to mm-hmm. be excited all at the same time. What you want to do is take as much of that stress and anxiety away so that you can be as excited as you possibly can be. Well, there's a real evangelization component to it where yeah. when it's coming from an authentic place, people can't help but just be excited and be attracted to it and share in your joy. Like, the, in my opinion, in my, I hate when people actually um, put it that way, but I – this is one of the things that I, I, I can remember when me and Archbishop Omoja Schnur first talked about this. When he said it, I jumped out of my chair and I went, yes! Like, when he, when he, like That's funny. It's ultimately what's important is Christian joy. Yes. You know, and that's what that is. When you, when you see that when you, and when you experience that, there's no argument. There's no doubt. It's just this thing that's attractive and you can't help but everyone – regardless of their like um, um disposition is drawn to that i think so unless you're satan yeah and it, the 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 dj that did our wedding she came up to me and shannon and she said this was the most fun i have ever seen uh, a wedding party she's like everyone is having a good time and i and I, you know i was showering her with compliments because i'm like you have played the best music that got everyone dancing and up and running and having fun. I mean, she played, she immediately started it with like the classics, kind of like family friendly music and, you know, the twists and shouts and, uh, you know, the fun mm-hmm. stuff that got the kids on the dance floor. And yeah. once you get the yep. kids on the dance floor, the parents will get on the dance floor, the empty nesters will get on the dance floor. And then what you, start... you need are like the early, um, the early 20 year olds to get it started. Yeah. And that can and, either that can be with like the kid stuff as as well. Yeah, For example, at at your wedding, me and the kids really enjoyed the um, Miley Cyrus song "Party in the USA." Oh yeah, that yeah. song. I remember that thing, <laughs> big thing of me and all the kids being because I love "Party in the USA." Yeah, yeah pop, I just love it's so it's the perfect little fun hooky pop song. Did you know that Party was originally written for like a a, a a UK artist? It doesn't surprise me. I mean, but just think of that song sung by a UK artist. It's a different kind of song. Like, guess I didn't get the memo. <laughs> but yeah. like the idea of like landing in LA, landing in New York, like it, that's like you're like you probably feel like a fish out of water. But if you were, oh, I don't know, a television actress and pop star being in LA and New York, probably is what where you live. You have multiple homes there. Yeah. I don't know. I really love that song. I feel like we need like one more topic. The Matrix has ended. It's a new BetterHelp read from your friend, Luke. Uh, so you guys have heard us talk about um, BetterHelp before at length. And we're going to talk about Better. That's H-E-L-P again. Listen, BetterHelp can help you get hooked up with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start um, communicating with one in less than like 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional um, counseling done uh, securely online. You've, you've heard it talked about on our show. You've heard it talked about like a whole bunch of podcasts. Look, guys, God wants you to find I'm a healing. God wants you to be the person he created He create you to be. And if you're over the age of 25 and you haven't been to counseling, now is the time. BetterHelp is committed to um, facilitating great therapeutic um, matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It is more affordable than 
traditional offline counseling, and this is cool, financial aid is available. So uh, BetterHelp wants you to start I'm living a I'm happier life today. Go to their website, read all, all of the testimonies that are on there, posted daily. And guess what, guys? Guess what? Go to betterhelp.com slash foxes. That's betterhelp.com slash foxes. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been, have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in, in all 50 states. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Catching Foxes listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash foxes. So if you go to betterhelp, you will get 10% off your first month. That is fantastic. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring yet another episode of everyone's favorite podcast, Catching Foxes. Take that, Catholic stuff you should know. Chasing foxes, my ass. We have about um, we're only about 45 minutes in. So I posted a thing over on our over on our on the Patreon page and in the like I did it like t- two minutes ago and the uh, Gang of Greatness the gang of real. There was one more thing that a, that that a um, that a um, a person said that I was like, "Oh, that's a great, great name." Yeah, and then I that I I, I forget what it was, and I said, "We're only going to do one," and uh, there's like a thousand because <laughs> everyone's <laughs> awesome. If you haven't joined us over on Patreon, that is the best place to be. For two dollars a month, you get access to all the things, right? Like for the most part, like we the- do the. The stuff that well, doesn't take us an exhausting amount of effort, we post to everyone. Which right? we haven't done in a year. <laughs> no, you've done the phone calls and stuff. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. These I do need to do a Zoom call. I was talking to Shane about it. I need to do a Zoom call. Yeah. I'll do a and, Zoom we're, call. and we're actually in the middle of doing a bunch of um, – I'm, I'm just going to come out and uh, say it. Do, oh, oh, oh. We well, do overpromise and underdeliver. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we are working on some things that involve artwork. That involve artwork. For certain things. For various and I'm very things. excited to see about where this goes. With Someone who's very, very talented. She's yeah, she's a professional, and I think the first people obviously we're going to have access, and we'll finally get the stickers that some never got. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is what we are. No, don't 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 worry. We're and I'm going to like redo all the tiers and stuff as well because I feel like we kind of like reached. I've, I've I actually attended a few on Patreon uh, um, things. Yes. It was really interesting about like, and I was like, okay, so like here's what we're doing good at. We're actually doing. Re- very good. Like, here's what we're doing that works. Here's where we could get better. And it was, it, I, I, I feel like we're terrible at it. Yeah, but we're like and 10 times better than the I average. I feel like we're like B minus B. Yeah. yeah. And we're, we could, we couldn't make it an A. And let's, talk, let's be honest. Matt Frad is an A plus. Yeah. When it comes Matt, yeah. to the stuff, yeah. like, he, he, he did a he great He hit the nerve, we, he got the money, and he does the thing. Like, and if we it, just well, listened to his advice in the beginning, we might be in a different place. But <laughs> someone didn't, and it just went all crazy. So, what's our topic? Uh, okay, there's so many. Should I just read a random one? Yes. Okay, I think this is interesting. Okay, whatever, whoever this is, also read Moira's because she usually gives us a pretty funny one. Okay, if, do you want to do? Okay, okay. So I'll do both. Let's let's. Okay, let's let me start. Oh, oh, this one first, and I'll go with the Moira one. Um, I love childish Gambino R and B and some trap music, and yes, songs with crass or not totally appropriate lyrics. 
but there's a measure of value to to um, certain of these of these things. I think Cardi B. I guess something happened with Cardi B. I haven't really paid attention. At the to Grammys, anything. she did yeah. something like super dirty. I don't know. Is probably I'm a, probably I'm someone who tips the scale into into I'm a throwing out the bathwater. But do we always need to throw out the baby? And why is hip hop these 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 scapegoat rock rock music metal even uh, even um, uh, even um, normal pop can be villainized? So I think she's someone who um, she had another post as well. She asked, she asked that we can talk about Cardi B and the line between crass and cultural and cultural differences. I, so I, that's kind of an interesting point. Um, I'm gonna. Tr- I don't. Okay, I haven't watched it. Yeah, I've, I've heard Cardi B has some songs that I think are absolutely like repulsive. Uh, there's one in particular that it is the, new. the famous one. Yeah, yeah. That I'm not even gonna. I'm say the name. I'm just like I can't believe that's the thing that we're all okay with. Just everyone being out in the open. I'm like this is a little bit much. Um, I'm not saying it's you know I'm not gonna. Perv- I don't know. I just feel like yeah. it, in the open. I'm like why is this the thing that we're all just just talking about? Um, but Cardi B comes from the Caribbean or is that Rihanna? I don't that's remember. Rihanna. That's Rihanna. I feel like Cardi B might from Honduras or something though. No, originally she's uh. Where is Cardi B from? Manhattan, New York. Okay, very, very wrong. Um, she, her, her mom is from Trinidad. Her dad's from the Dominican Republic. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so some call like and there are in just, the High Bridge, South Bronx. So there are some cultures that are just more sexual in. Um, I don't want to say like in nature, but have more of that just in in their um, in th- their culture that. Um, Okay, I, I can be careful because I haven't because it's so like I know that um, I know that like um, uh, Matt Friday had a thing where he basically called what happened on the Grammys pornography. I think right oh, yeah. or something like that. I, and I don't want I, I I have not had the time to to watch it. I don't know if you have or not. You might be the better person to speak about this, but I'm gonna try to I'm, I'm gonna do my best to walk a line here. And I'm not saying that like um, Matt's wrong. I, pro- I I imagine I would agree with it. I just haven't. I'm seen it, but I do. I I do think that there's. I don't think I'm listening to Cardi. I don't think Matt is. I'm, I doubt Matt was. I'm not saying this at all. Um, but I can see some Catholics or some people going going down this route, which is why I bring it up. So again, this is this isn't about like Matt saying I'm listening to. Um, Cardi B is bad, or kind of like how you talked about your how like you like father in law didn't want any rap, and I'm like that's like it's sometimes like certain there is a cult like sometimes it's actually not a moral thing; it is a cultural thing, and we come from a culture as predominantly like white Americans with a few other things in there that is a little bit puritanical in our cultural. Our like um, our um, our cultural um, views towards towards um, sex is at times um, uh, it can be like um, uh, it can be like rooted in this almost like Puritan view of things that I don't I think I've I've, I've seen that where you have um Catholic schools that don't allow um dresses or something like that where I'm like mm, that's or a they, little weird or they don't allow or they only make you oh so I, I I'm sorry they, they they only wear dresses sorry that, that's, that, that's, that's, what I was, that's what I was I'm trying to say like yeah I'm like that's kind of uh, and I understand the point behind it but like I don't agree with it but I I I, I just um what do you what do you think about that I mean obviously there are cultures like I I you know 
I fell in love with Indian cinema back when me and you were living together sure in did. college. That was a fun and three weeks. <laughs> it was. I still have Bollywood movie DVDs here. <laughs> Carried them all the way from Steubenville. But um, one of the guys that uh, he took an Indian cinema class because one of the professors, his, his mother-in-law, so one of the Franny professors, his mother-in-law is a famous Bollywood actress. And so he got into the whole Bollywood cinema thing and from the inside, right? And so he was explaining the the cult. So my buddy, um, he was explaining the the reality behind it. And he was talking about, like, the nature of Indian culture versus American Puritanism. And he said, you know, so much in America is – it still has that shadow of Puritanism over it where, like, even though we're a hypersexualized culture, when someone – we don't like usually from a different political party commit some sin of sexual license. We, we clamp down on them as if our name is Jonathan Edwards. Like we go after them. Right. And the idea of it is, he's like, we have this puritanical shift. He said, but like, look at the Hindu culture or the Indian culture, like the traditional dress and all this stuff. Uh, there is a ton of sensuality in Indian culture that we would be like, Whoa, that's a little, ooh, that's a little risque, but to them is not. And on top of that, pornography is illegal. Right, so he's like, so the pornographic viewing of the body uh, is illegal, but they are more sensual in a lot of ways. Okay, yeah. that being said, uh, rap always is the scapegoat. I think is an overstatement. It is often the scapegoat because rap rapped about committing crimes. It was called gangster rap, and those people. I think Eminem, I mean, he made the point. Like, the reason why rap got so much shade thrown at it was, one, it was about crime, but it was the kid in the in, in the suburban home that was listening to it more than, you know, as much as the inner city kid, right? And it was this whole idea of there's huge violence in the inner city. They're rapping about violence and glorifying it, violence against women, violence against gays, violence against, you know, people from a different – wearing different colors, you know, that whole deal. It was all a part of gang culture. The inner city was dominated by it in the 90s. And you have this thing of like, and you're glorifying it, and they're getting millions for glorifying it. And then the rap song spilled over into violence in the streets and all this stuff. And so there was, there will always be a stigma against hip hop because of that genre of hip hop called gangster rap. Yeah. And I think the words that are used at times, it's like that's it. Just after a yeah. while, it does get to a point where it's like. Yeah. And but the, but think about the stigma for rock and roll. And this is the part where I say like, you can't. I, I, it's easy to use the term always, and it makes you feel right. But when you step back and you start to look at it, you're like, well, of course, when we say sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So rock yeah, and I was, roll. Yeah. Sorry, right. I was, yeah. I'm listening to what you're saying. Yeah. I'm trying to unprocess un- un- thoughts. Right. You, you didn't realize that would spring a blank, uh, fill in the blank on you. But uh, the whole idea of rock and roll was it is a, a movement of rebellion and protest against the old people, mm-hmm. right? Like, And it gave it gave way to... Uh, the hippie movement. It gave way to free love. It gave way to the sexual revolution and I, all that stuff. Not that rock caused. I think it, they're part of the same thing. Kind of, yeah, yeah, and, and oh, they oh, all totally. like, feed into each other, and they all cause like you know, it, it, it's kind of like a weird organic ex exponential, yeah. I don't know, exponential growth. So, and I was listening to I think it was Childish Gambino, and he was hot because I, I, I love he's him. amazing. He's, he's so funny, but uh, I disagree with him a lot of stuff. But I think he is so funny. But he was talking about rap as. The spirit of rock and roll for a different, just a different group of people, a different culture, right? It's like, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's, and it, it is, is a part of that musical thing that is the youthful rebellion against adulthood. 
the problem with gangster rap, the problem with hip hop is gangster rap in that it was born. And you have people say things like, yeah, but this is their experience in the streets, which is 100% true. And I am a huge fan. I was the white suburban kid who listened to nothing but gangster rap for a long time. And when I moved to L.A. Clear, for the summers, hold on, I – Hold on, just like one second. I think there's a difference between hip-hop and, and um, gangster rap yeah. that I think for people like us, it's very easy when we talk about it to, to speak of them as the exact same thing. It's not at all. Like I don't think A Tribe Called Quest is gangster rap. I – some people might say this. I when I I don't I would never classify. Yeah, it as no, that. I would. So I just or even Charles right. Gambino. So right, I, and I, so I, that's sorry, what I'm saying. Go. Right. No, but that's that's what I'm saying is hip hop is condemned because of, of the that period. Of yeah, the influence okay. of yeah, sure, gangster sure. rap. But gangster rap still exists. I mean, DMX used to say, "If your daughter is younger, remember, is older than sixteen, of, I'm going to rape her." Right, and that was that. The, you have this whole thing. Of, I mean, rappers coming at each other being like, oh, yeah, well, how many people have you killed, you know, as the standard of it? And don't give me this crap that it doesn't glorify it. That's what it was there for. They're getting rich off of these things. And then you had the posers, and then you had the corporations, and then you have all this stuff. And it did end with people dying. Like, that's the thing that, like, that's yes. real, like, we... But the problem is the baby with the bathwater. You have a lot, I mean, hip-hop is an incredible art form. It is an incredible genre of music. It is so fascinating when you can have, um, like, the dude from The Roots who has the Guinness Book of World Records longest freestyle rap, and they printed it out on Jimmy Fallon, and they printed it out on those old dot matrix printer paper, you know? They ran it, and it was like, I, I can't remember how many, it was, he did it for like 14 minutes straight or something like that, and he did a, and he went back to it and did part of it live. It was nuts. The guy made this stuff up, and, and to have a mind that can move that fast, connecting themes, connecting that, rhymes, bringing yeah, back patterns, themes, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a lyric. It's it's a it's a modern form yeah. of poetry, but at the same time, you know, I mean, like, uh, think of soul music as opposed to gospel. If you watch the the Ray Charles documentary, right? The Ray Charles documentary. A lot of people hated soul because they felt like it was a godless bastardization of gospel music, which was a distinctly African art form, African American art form. And you had gospel, and then you know white people took over gospel, and then you have this thing called soul, and soul was just. You know, if you didn't have soul, you wouldn't have Prince, right? You wouldn't have yeah. R&B. Yeah. You wouldn't have those things. So it is fascinating how you got to appreciate the cultural distinctions, differences, art forms. But with Cardi B, she's still a part of our culture, right? She's a stripper. Like, she was a part of the stripping scene for years, you know? And she brings – and you can't deny that when women become rappers, they become hypersexualized. They hypersexualize themselves, right? That's how they make it. Lil' Kim. Yeah. yeah. Not, not all, but Yeah. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, right, right, right. Stuff right. And, and like, and to be clear, we're also talking. And we're, we're talking about pop rap because I, I think I would like one example of a. If I just want to add like one thing yeah. really quick. I think a um, gangster rap, a, a group that gets put into that because of the time that they were there and the and, and the stuff that they did say. But I would say Wu Tang, especially. I watched a documentary during the first few days that I that I had um, uh, that I um, had COVID on them. And when you see where yeah. they came from, and you hear their stories about like their yeah. uh, their uh, their own lives and all of this all of this stuff, it's like oh well, that's why they rap like that, and that's why they rapped about like it. Make it's not a 
I don't think it is like a glorification of those things per se, because when they were doing it, there was no one that was really was paying attention to it besides their local, their um, local like neighborhood. It's just an expression of their everyday life. And you could see that in the documents that like the, you, you were, they showed you the yeah. projects where they lived and explained like, Hey, this is where we did this. This is where this happens where, you know, and, yeah. um, and I don't think you can deny, but it's well, the thing for people who can never I just add, like, to one quick thing? Rap? So, but I, th- yeah. I think the, I think the thing that kind of like makes I'm a Wu Tang interesting, and why I think you do have the gangster rap stuff that goes too far, and why you can kind of say, hey, this this is this is like a bit much, even though I love it. Um, uh, not the DMX. Right. Thing. I really, truly, I that song. I was like, oh, I hated that. Um, I bought that album. I bought the album before it, the album after it, uh, yeah, physical same. CDs, and. On uh, and on iTunes when it came out because I loved those. those I loved, I loved um, the, the, the that first song whenever it's great. But uh, boom, boom, boom. You don't okay. But this is for my dog. This is for my dog. This is for my dog. No, but so I think oh, like I think that a group like Wu Tang did a really good job of. I don't think it's glorifying the gangster stuff in a way. I sound like such an old no. white dude in a way that. Um, the, like they didn't like. I don't think um, "Hit 'Em Up" would work as a Wu Tang song. Oh no! And "Hit 'Em Up" is one of my favorite all time. It's Tupac, so crazy. Uh, uh, Tupac songs. It's so I just crazy. listened to it the other day. I was like, first of all, <laughs> at the big to the side, what side? What we rock? He claimed. Yeah. I remember when that song came out. You could only get it on the collected. Well, no, no, no. You could only get it on a single. Uh, because a single wasn't a single. They had like seven songs on it. But then when he released, when they released his double album anthology, it was on there too. And I was like, oh, they put this song on there. This is awesome. I, re- I remember just driving around in my buddy's Suburban and we would just blare. I mean like over and over and over again. Just being like, oh, this is, this is incredible. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, sorry. Okay, and so the you, whole you, thing you... is about murdering people. Yeah, I know. But like about a specific rapper that you like. Like that's the thing. That's crazy. I think. I think, and I do think. Like at the time, I, I, well, this was after he died, though. I think there's a thing as like a teenager. It's hard to comprehend that, you know. Oh, yeah. And so, and, and as, like as, as a, a teenager growing in the growing up in the suburbs, yeah, it's hard to imagine. It feels like, like playtime. Yeah, it's theater. It's theater yes, for you. Exactly. It's a persona exactly. that you adopt, right? Like, oh yeah, gangster, yeah, yeah. And it's weird because I don't know if like their murders are. I, I'd be curious. I don't know as much about like their murders, which is insane that it happened. As yeah. like someone who likes their likes those songs as much as I did, I should probably understand more about what, what really happened. I mean, the best line from Tupac, right? Because he was shot a bunch of times and he survived, and then they came back. But he had that line and hit him up where he goes, five shots couldn't drop me. I took it and smiled. And now I'm back to set the record straight. With my AK, you know I'm that thug that you love to hate. Uh, but um, the thing I will say about gangster rap, and this is something that people, I don't think people understand. Like, there comes a point where when things are so extreme and you feel like everything is chaos, having someone, even if it's horrific, that can identify with it or express it um, makes you not feel alone mm, and not mm-hmm, like you're going mm-hmm. crazy, right? So, for instance, um, I remember this teenager committed suicide and had um, f- uh, the song that we were making fun of the other time, Aaron Lewis's Outside, oh, yeah, on yeah, a yeah. loop playing in his bedroom. And, yeah. you know, and it's a very sad, depressing song. 
And I remember um, someone who knew that song, and I, you know, of course, I loved Stained at the time and Aaron Lewis. But he said, uh, "Sure did." He said, "Like the, he was like, you know, gosh, like depressing songs that make people suicidal. They should be banned." And I was like, "No, no, no, no. Here's what you don't understand: for every one person that thinks that that song is their the anthem of their suicide or their self hatred or their their spiraling down, there are probably thousands of teenagers yeah. who listen to that yeah. song and said." That's exactly how I feel. I'm on the outside. I'm looking in, you know, or whatever it might be. Like they identify with the music and it doesn't make them feel alone. And you can imagine if you're, and in fact, I mean, this is what a lot of people said. Like when you hear what the streets were like for many of these young men growing up in projects, growing up in ghettos and inner cities life in the gang life, like when you hear it, it makes you feel like you're not crazy anymore. You know, and that's what some of the guys in the prison will talk about. But a lot of the guys in the prison who are, you know, murderous gangbangers, um, they'll tell you that they have to get rid of those influences in order to get out of that life. And so that's the dark side of it, that where you just be like, oh, it's their life. They're talking about their experience. It's like, yeah, but when you glorify their experience, you actually can also imprison people in it. I think there's one thing, too, that's also very important to note, which is that I I think those are all like very, very good points. Um, Some of it's just a metaphor. And it's just I'm yeah. using the like 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 there's a I think it's an Ice Cube song where a person was like hey like uh, like like what do you mean by this and he like breaks it, he's like so this is just this means this this means that like this doesn't actually mean like I'm gonna go out and like kill you it's a way yeah. of just expressing like I'm angry yeah. I, I want to you know but and 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 then and there was just like in one part where he goes well that does mean that yeah and like it was it was kind of funny <laughs> the, the way you put it but it and I think too I listened to this really <laughs> interesting podcast today um it's called. Uh, it's uh, called People Still Read Books. It's about this, uh, this guy. I, I talked about him before, um, Will Leach. He started um, Deadspin. He's a film um, critic and also a sports writer and just like a writer of books and stuff. And so he's got a and so uh, and it's a great podcast where he where he interviews um, people who have just uh, who have just um, written a book about their book. And um, there's this guy who wrote a book about the founding of the L.A. Dodgers and specifically the um, the stadium that they have. And there's a whole bunch of drama behind that that's actually kind of nuts and um the like author of it is like a huge dodgers fan he goes yeah i can't go to the stadium without having this in my mind that like this thing happened but it doesn't change the fact that that i love the dodgers and he brought up a great point where he said like it's okay to like things that have like a horrific part to them because in fact part like Part of loving it is saying, yeah, like this thing happened or this thing is going on and I really yeah. don't like it. But like it doesn't mean you have to like hate it's, – it's actually part of loving it is trying to face and acknowledge the bad parts. And I think that's a, what redemption is. Yeah, yeah. And I not well, ignoring, yeah. not pretending, and not abandoning. absolutely. Yeah, which is the thing, and that's what the Dodgers are like not doing by kind of so like it's kind of insane. What had happened was there's just people who wanted to like basically get rid of all these homes of course it was in a poor, it was in a poor it was in like yeah. a poor area and one group wanted to do it to build um, to like build to build like project housing back in the, the 1940s and the other group I um, wanted to do it to like have a pro have a pro sports team there or, or something and they were both trying to they both try it's kind of weird in their own way they both basically ex they both ex um, <laughs> exploded ex exploited the poor to get what they want and uh, people, and so those those people who were basically said, "Hey, you can't um, live here anymore." Bye. They lost their homes and stuff. Yeah, they've never been um, compensated for it. Ugh. 
and you're like four or five owners in now, and it's like, hey, this group should still like there's some generational stuff there that you that you cause. That's, that, oh, that's uh, gross. Yeah, and so yeah. and I think that's part of like the and so with all of the Cardi B stuff and like rap, I think like there's stuff in rock that's horrible, and there's stuff in, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. part of loving them something is confronting the you know bad bad parts, and I think. It's very easy to condemn a whole thing and not really under, under not really understand. And it's a very American thing because I'm not saying that wanting to condemn stuff is wrong or saying that you know I'm saying that hey this yeah. is bad we should, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't I'm listening to this like I said I will never listen to the WAP song I think it's horrific and the fact that we all think it's great and it should be a thing that's just out there for everyone to hear in like in, in the open says a lot about us. Yeah. Um, and it's not about like women, like it's, it's, it's and the thing that bothers me. Sorry, okay, I'm gonna, gonna stop. I'm talking about it, but because I just get so annoyed, I'm like, it's not being angry that you know have women who, who want to have sex. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing that we should be talking about. It's the fact that it's expressed like this, or it's reduced yeah. to just this. Yeah, this it's is the this is the crappiness of our of our culture today, where it's like, okay, so I'm not imposing Victorian restraints exactly. on women's sexuality, yeah. Yeah. but that doesn't mean I become pornographic. Well, and that's what pisses me off because I'm like, this is rooted in Victorian. This is rooted in one our puritanical things, which are just a part of our um, DNA, and the Victorian culture, which is heavily Protestant, yeah. which is like hell. Like, let's just, it was a big um, criticism that you would see people like give. That they would say is wrong with um, Game of Thrones, and they would say they have a they have a very like medieval attitude towards uh, towards women. Not true at all. It is actually a, a Victorian attitude towards women in a show based in a, like medieval culture. Yeah, but that requires trying to understand things. And why would we want to do that? Yeah, history began yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So in short, in short, Cardi B uh, or gangster rap is easy to become a scapegoat for people who don't understand it. But at the same time, there are elements within it that make it that way. An easy target for that. Just like in rock, uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I, I do think as a culture, um, I do think it is easy to dismiss things that didn't grow up in your own culture. Right? It's easy to do that. Like, you grew up with rock and roll. To you, you can you can screen out the bad and hold on to the good. Right? Yeah. And, but this other stuff is not your style. So it's harder for you to screen out the bad and hold on to the good. And that doesn't mean that you're a racist necessarily. It could just mean you don't like that type of music. I mean, if you want to listen to country music, you can find deeply Christian themes in, in country songs that aren't even trying to be Christian because it's a part of that culture, right? It's a part of that Southern or country culture. And you can find completely carnal themes in there oh, as, totally. as well. Totally. And to pretend like uh, just because they're not rapping but they're twanging that it's a categorical difference morally is is wrong. It's just that it's easier for certain people to accept that music. And it's harder for, you know, I mean, so many country singers were also gospel singers, you know, like they they did that easy crossover. So whatever, I think we've beaten this horse yeah. to death. Yeah, woo! All right. Woo! We didn't get to, now, we didn't get no. to Moira's um, question. Tell me what Moira said. It's, we have one minute. question. One minute. All I'm right. one minute depth. That's what my wife says. That's why she calls me the one minute man. One minute. <laughs> That's, there are many reasons why. Damn it. We've had long talks about it. Uh, why is my phone being slow? My iPhone's being. I feel like I updated. I, I updated my phone, and it's being weird. Apple, get your shit together. No, we want your money. It's so I'm so annoyed with them right now. Sorry, that's the wrong pose. Forty comments. I just wanted one. 
All right. Uh, I'll try to find this. Give me a second here. Do, 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 do. Okay, here we go. Oh, is homosexual, is homosexual incompatibility a thing with Catholic couples? I read a lot of advice columns about how one person needs more love than the other. Is this for real or just secular sex obsessions? Uh, both. I would absolutely say it's both. Yeah, secular sex. They, it's, it becomes, okay, number one, having sex with your spouse is awesome. Having sex with your spouse as an act of making love is awesome. It is rewarding. It is affirming. It is potentially life-giving. It is powerful. It is you saying, I'm open to making other versions of you exist in the world. There's a lot of power there. At the and same some time, sweet, sweet endorphins. And some sweet, sweet endorphins. At the same time, you've got to account for the experience, the life, the history, the baggage that people bring into sex. Because most of us come into sex with some damage. Right, We come into it with some issues, with some bad ideas, with some desires that have not become virtuous. So what we need is, one, good freaking marriage preparation. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> what we need is to sit in a classroom and hear me talk. Yeah, if only. Maybe I'll make a podcast about it. <gasps> Gober talks about sex, baby. Gober talks about you. That's what this podcast is. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're welcome. You uh, but the, I will say this. If they experience differences in those regards. If one wants it more, and typically it's the male, but not always. If one wants it more than the other, it is an act of love to A, abstain, and B, reward, right? Like, so the person who wants it more, it is an act of love to be like, okay, well, my the one I'm making love to doesn't want it as often as I do. So therefore, I will, you know, I will learn a little more self-control. But at, at the same time, it is not immoral, Right for the person who wants it less to have sex just to make the other person happy. That is a way of 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 reciprocity and love. In the words of one wise mother-in-law, why make such a big deal out of something that doesn't take that long a time and makes him so happy? Not my mother-in-law, but a mother-in-law said that. Nice. Well, hey, this has been oh, Catching Foxes. I'm glad that we haven't uh, made anyone mad. With this episode, if we have, please send your emails to Catholic Stuff You Should Know at gmail.com. That's Catholic Stuff You Should Know at gmail.com. Absolutely. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode and not stereo. No, this is the last stereo episode. No, did you get the other one? Yeah, email? it said a, uh, March 20, the week of March 24th is the ah, final. Today, week. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. So join sure? us Sunday <laughs> for the last episode of Catching Foxes well, we'll, after We'll show. still do some stereo yeah, stuff on yeah. after that. But it's we're not contractually obligated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're not getting paid, so <laughs> although Actually we still, still will make money. If they're doing the content, yeah. If we, well, we need to get more people to listen to get those big bucks. Hey, people, if you've never listened to our stereo show, just join us for the after show. It's in two days. I won't have any brain cells, but it'll be fun. <laughs> it'll be at 10 p.m. We'll both be exhausted from just life. And uh, he, I will I'll walk around and be like, <sighs> for like half of it. Yeah. And it's good. It's good. It's good. Although one of my favorite podcasts recorded and edit, or put their podcast as a stereo show. They're with our same partners. And uh, they had excellent audio. It sounded like the regular studio podcast. So I'm doing something wrong. I got to figure this out. I'm doing something yeah. wrong. I'm doing something. Get wrong. on that. Yeah. And I gotta, I gotta send stuff to our accountant on Saturday. Yay! Hooray! Hooray! Last minute, bitches. Bye, Luke. <laughs> I know. Remember we had to file. It's like, oh, uh, this is due very, very soon. You need to file an an, an extension. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> All right. Bye. Five, four. Oh wait, 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 wait.
Hey, this is Craig from Denver. Just checking in. Had a question for you guys. If you're able to go back and witness any event in pop culture and participate in it without changing it, what event would that be? Ooh. That's a good Ooh. question. Gosh, I feel like I'm in youth group. With pop culture, though, that's like that's a good question. That's a good question. All right. Okay, I need you to go first because I need to think about this. I think mine would be the viewing of Star Wars. Like when it first came out, just yeah. Like, wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Would you want to know though? Uh, I mean, like, I'm, I'm assuming I'm going back in time. Yeah, so, so yeah. you would know everything. You'd be aware. Oh, I so like no spoil. Ooh, because if you go back in time, point. like you know. Yeah, and I think the joy of that would just be seeing Star Wars in its intended form. Did I tell you about my mom seeing that movie for the first time? No, but I want to hear She's, it right now. Teresa Gormley saw it in the movie what the hell and this? screamed in fear because of the opening scene where the Star Destroyer is pursuing the Rebels. Um, mm-hmm. It was the first time she had ever experienced surround sound. And so the sound <laughs> came from behind her and that intense rumbling bass. And she's like, yeah. ah, what is that? <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, uh, that's when we knew the Gormley family would have anxiety problems. <laughs> it's okay. What would be my... For me, it would have to be some type of a, um, a music thing when it happened for the first time. And I'm sure there's, like, um, something... Of, I think I'd like to see... Not when Dylan plugged in. Because even though that's cool, I'm not real into, like, Bob Dylan stuff like that. It's yeah. just—it's not like—it's not like important to me, but I know it's important to pop culture as a whole. Mm. So I think if I could—this is a really, really good question. I think I would love to be at one of those early punk shows in New York City with the Ramones or something like like that, like right before. No, or yeah, you have to get like two tetanus shots. Yeah, no, no, no. But like, like just the energy <laughs> of a thing like that, I think would be so cool to see in person. Or what about original Woodstock? No, because I think that that's um, overblown. It's like it's more important. I think the fact that it happened is more important than like what happened at it. 